Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. It's a hot episode 362, the 10th of October 2013. Welcome everyone, Aussie Tech Eds, and I hope you are doing well. We're going to go through some stories tonight that have tweaked and peaked, or whatever that word is, our interest, and uh, hopefully it interests you as well. We're brought to you by Aussie Tech Eds Hosting, adhwebhosting.com.au, so jump on there and have a look at some uh, nice, fresh, little, speedy hosting plans from servers located in sunny Sydney. And uh, yes, if you're hosted over in the US, well, why not bring it over to a sunny Sydney server and, uh, and, and maximise the speed of all your clients? <laughs> <laughs> and and browsers. All right, so good stuff. ATHwebhosting.com.au. And also um we're gonna we're gonna be joined tonight and it's a good welcome back to Warlock. Hello Warlock. Hurrah for me. <laughs> yes now uh, how you doing? I think it's I said it was hot at the top of the show and I think everyone all around the country is sweltering. You you are in Sydney and it is hot. Oh yes, hot baby. Is it hot in here or is it just me, mate? Oh, it's hot, all I right. Think it's just me, you know. Hotty toity. Now it is it's hot. Not my fault. Yeah, I, I don't know. Someone else is, is is extremely hot as Will. Hey, Will. Hey, how we doing? I yeah, it's a bit ridiculous opinion. up here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why the clan's been behaving tonight. You know, anything's possible. Um, but uh, yeah, it's funny actually. I was up at uh, Gimpy over the weekend picking up my car and whatever, and we actually hit like. 40, it was just actually, it was west again, people, but we hit about 44, something like that. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's yeah, so, 44. I mean, it's only 30, yeah, it's only like 36 or 37 today. So comparatively, it's nice and cool. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose like... Yeah, it's putting a jumper on and... <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, yeah, I probably yeah. shouldn't complain too much because I think it's only, a, oh, it doesn't get too much higher than about... 35s up here, but it's pretty cool yeah. at the moment. It's not too bad. But what is it in Sydney, Warlock? You you must be going through some as well. Yeah, it was heading up for 39 as well today. Yeah, crazy stuff. No fires and strong winds and bloody hot. Yeah, right. Well, I think that the, the heat has kept a lot of tech stories away because we've, we've got a few this mm. week, but... Um, you know, not not too much that is probably super exciting, <laughs> but um, we'll go through them and we'll get some comments along the way and see how we go with them. Uh, I don't know where to start, but let's um, look. Let's start with the the one. I'll start with one. My first one that I found today. Uh, Dell has launched Windows XP migration tool. Now you know everyone knows that XP is ending its support life of its life support next April. I think it is two thousand and fourteen. Dead, Jim. It is. It's, it, it is dead. It will be dead. And now there's still a lot of government and businesses that are still running XP on their machines. And uh, 
So Dell has decided they'd come out with this migration tool. I don't know why Microsoft hasn't done it. But anyway, uh, I'm sure it's not free. But, I, but you know what? I cannot find a price anywhere on the net. So maybe it's just because it's a launch and not actually um, you know, out there in the market yet. But some, some stats about this little thing. Dell's Windows migration fast forward service supports the migration of up to 5,000 PCs and offers modules for image engineering, inventory, application compatibility, testing, and, and a raft of all the other good stuff that you need to, uh, to keep your, your eyes across as you're migrating and upgrading these PCs. Now, um, the Windows migration fast forward service, according to Dell, is an affordable and fast way to transition to Windows 7 or Windows 8. Now, interestingly enough, or interestingly, never mind enough, but interestingly, the release of 8.1 upgrade options, so 8.1 is coming out this month. Is that right, Warlock, this month? Yeah. I think, yes. Probably so, with it by the end of uh, one week from now. Mm, so, well, yeah, so 8.1 up. Upgrade, Windows 8.1 upgrade uh, is not available to XP users. The latest guidance comes from Microsoft spokesperson Brandon LeBlanc, who said that in, in an official company blog that Windows 8.1 is not designed for installation on devices running XP or Vista. So there you go. Uh, I would well, never recommend um, upgrading. I've never once upgraded anything. You know, you get a lot of old drivers left behind. You get. Yep. Um, old files and stuff that cause compatibility issues in the future is best just to get everything backed up, wipe the whole thing off and reinstall it from scratch. Now, I expect you probably would be able to still install uh, Windows 8 as an upgrade and then upgrade 8.1 from yes. there from Vista or XP, so there's still that trick, mm. but um, if you just go out and buy 8.1, then you're not going to be upgrading from any of the... Look, I updated a machine as a, as a test from Vista, and I updated it to Windows 8 as like a downloaded Windows 8, so an update over the internet. And yeah, it worked. It was the normal story, you know, left the, the Windows old directory, uh, you know, and I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. I like it nice and clean. And... Uh, yeah. Yes, and look, I've just built my new machine, as I was saying to you guys before the show, and I did install 8.1 onto it, uh, like neat, and it's running okay. It's good. It's good. It's um, it's fast. It's it's got the start button, but hey, it's not like the normal start button. You push it, and the big the whole screen comes up, just like you push the key on the Files, keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, not Metro. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, it's not Metro, and it's not SkyDrive anymore. But, um, yeah, but anyway, uh, so look, if, you, if you're haggling around with uh, the old Vista and XP machines, you might be out of luck if you want to upgrade to 8.1. So, yeah, but anyway, who wants to upgrade, as Warlock said? Who wants to upgrade? Nobody. Uh, Will, you would upgrade, wouldn't you? You like, you like causing yourself He's problems? He's a crazy one. <laughs> yeah, that'd be it, yeah. <laughs> How is your machine going anyway? Is it going all right? That's yeah, fine. Yeah, I don't have any drums with it now since I put Windows 7 back on it and got rid of Windows 8. It's been fun. Oh, <laughs> good. Good. Uh, so what do you got? Windows 7 now? Yep, Windows 7. Yeah, okay. Um, I've got Windows 7 on these two computers and I'm still running XP on my media center and all that because it just does what it needs to do. Mm. Yeah, look, I don't I've... need all the other stuff that goes with it. Yeah, I've got a, I've got my, my last and lonely copy of XP. I've got, I've, I've actually put it on my mother-in-law's computer. Um, That'll teach her. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but I fear that I fear an upgrade is imminent because I don't want all the support calls. 
<laughs> so, um, Speaking of products, I don't know if you've got in the uh, news rundown, but should, if you read it, what uh, Microsoft was saying about security essentials this week. Yes, that's um, very poor, I find. Mm. Uh, I, was, I was always using security essentials ever since they bought the technology from Giant Technologies and who've been working closely with uh, Microsoft and then uh, call it Defender and Security Essentials and stuff. And now they're saying this is going to be a really, really baseline antivirus, uh, anti-malware app. Don't trust on it or rely on mm. it to fix all your problems. In fact, go out and buy something from one of the commercial mm. ones or possibly use AVG, even though their DNS got hacked last week. But uh, <laughs> the product still works. And, well, mate. Um, maybe use one of the free ones or even pony up for you know, uh, McAfee or something. Mm. And, uh, well, unless you don't like bath salts and then just keep away from McAfee. <laughs> well, 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 I actually uh, thought about that today. It was only today, actually, on my, this new machine that I built. And I didn't install an antivirus. But, you know, maybe thinking back to when Windows 8 came out, there's, there was no, you didn't have to in, install security essentials because mm. uh, that they said it was already there. You know, so you think, oh, okay, right. Maybe we should have been getting a hint then. But look, it's done me, it's done all right by me, you know, over the yep. years. I've never had a drama with it. It's just, so for those of you who don't know, Microsoft has, uh, a spaceman from Microsoft has come out and they've said that, yeah, as Warlock said, that, that, that don't rely on our product. It's a, it's a base thing. Install another one. And surprisingly as well, they've, they've said install another one where normally you don't install another one. You don't install two on the one machine. Two antivirus, yeah. Mm. yeah. I think there's going to be... Um catch like maybe zero day things and such like that and they're always going to have their malware removal tool which probably a lot of people don't realize gets mm. updated monthly as well usually with the um tuesday updates but um i'm gonna run that once in a while but yeah it might be time to start looking at something else to go with the um security essentials now although you know us being techie guys we don't go to anywhere or click on the wrong things anyway so we're highly mm. unlikely to get something but just in case there's something that you know, we don't know about yet, it's uh, probably good to be safe than sorry. Mm, yeah, well, that's right. And like going around, I, I did do a bit of research today and looked at a looked at some graphs and or graphs or whatever the word is, you know, is what, what what's good. And I looked at a vast ABG. And you know the one that I ended up installing? Now, I'd like to get your guys' opinion on the one that I installed because it is one that you've heard of, but it's probably one that you haven't heard of for a while or maybe – you just don't like it. That's why it hasn't come out of your mouths in <laughs> since we've been doing the show. But it's Bit Defender. How do you uh, how do you rate that one? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you want to know really? <laughs> you want to know? Yeah. Tell us how you really feel, Will. <laughs> okay, Will. What what are you? What what's your comments on Bit Defender? Uh, actually, honestly, I haven't used it for forever. Um, but I don't know. Look in all the. I just use. I don't. I mean, I don't pay for antivirus, so you... it's free. They got a free version. And, really? Uh, I've been looking on their website since you said it, and I can't find their free version. There, there is. Look up under products, and then I think it's got free antivirus or something in the drop down. And look, they've got this other thing called a, a sixty-second scan. I don't know how it scans your whole system in sixty seconds, but it's a sixty-second scan, so that could be useful just to pop into someone's machine, do a quick scan to see what's going on, and then get out of there. But uh, well, but it yeah, does a memory scan mm. and checks out the Windows and system directories and the root directory, and, pro and you know a couple of program files probably say mm, mm. most likely going to be okay. A lot of the stuff, if you check out the websites and they say, do I have to worry about file.exe that I've never heard of? Most of them say, well, 
it should be okay so long as it's not in your system 32 directory or the new sys wow 64 directory <laughs> That's right. Uh, Windows, Windows on Windows. Well, well, just, well um, then you're probably going to be okay. So, yeah. Well, I looked and as at Milo says maybe it's a 60 second scam. Well, it could be. I don't know. It... I mean, I, we talked about this a bit last week, and you know, as I said back then, Bitdefender right from the onset. Oh, uh, not Bitdefender. Um, uh, MSC. Microsoft um, Essentials was something right from the start that I never even believed would work because I had tested it and it had failed numerous times. So. Mm. Um, if you believe Microsoft can make any product correctly, you got rocks in your head. But uh, well, that was the thing. it wasn't made by Microsoft originally. They bought the no, technology. but they had control over it. Anything they touch falls apart. I mean, look okay. at Skype. <laughs> you know, like it's just a classic example. Anything that Microsoft has anything to do with becomes useless. The reason um, I tried it out, I had a um, Trojan I'd found on my computer, and I couldn't find anything to get rid of it. I tried the Avast. I tried the the Bit Defenders AVG. I downloaded the anti malware apps and nothing could get it. And I, at, as a last resort, I thought, okay, I'm going to try this. It's Security Essentials. Bam, got rid of it. Sweet. It was the only thing I could find. Yeah, I mean, it, it theoretically should work well because it's Windows code. Like, there's no reason it shouldn't interact perfectly. But I mean, I've always had it on there since I've been using Windows 7. Um, I've always installed it and just had it there, but it's not something I've ever relied on. I've always used Avast or AVG underneath it. Mm. Um, it looks like you know, that, as definitely. as a two-layer thing. Um, and as I was saying last week, like I don't see the need to pay for, you know, a, a private sort of usage. I don't see the need to pay for a Vice Scanner when the free ones are ranked like number one and number two in the world. So, if you're commercial and you do the commercial rollouts and all the ease of use that goes with the paid ones, that's that's fine. But the average person, you know, unless you want to do more things than just a virus scan, if you want, um, you know, a firewall or you want one of those other things, well, yeah, okay. But, mm. you know, uh, to be honest, I mean, it's not, well, at least to me, it wasn't really... That great, that much in news when when they released it. I mean, the thing that they do, you know, it updates once. Is it once a month? It updates with the, or is it once a week? It updates once a week. What's this? Um, the Microsoft. The security yeah, Defender. It up or whatever it's called, Security Essentials. Oh, it updates no. once a week when you do your system update. Right. Um, and if you don't have your system update turned on, it won't update. As yeah. I found out. Yeah. Okay. Um. Whereas AVG will update, if they push an update out, it will update now. Mm. Or Avast will update now. If they push out 10 updates, you'll get 10 updates mm. in a day, you know. Yeah. So. Well, look, I, I've yeah, looked I at... Mac, I mean, get clam. I've heard a clam. If you've got a Mac, get clam AV. It's the free one for Mac. Mm. But look, yeah, I've, if you have a Mac and virus <laughs> Look, I, I looked into that this one. Me, that mentality. The the, the uh, Bit Defender ranked rather well. It's uh, you know, if you can believe their own website, it's number one ranked technology, and it's feather light, and it is very light. It is extremely light on resources. Uh, so. Yeah, better than Norton's. So, uh, yeah, so say goodbye to checkboxes, to tick and options to OK. Bitdefender Antivirus Free Edition takes care of all that for you. So uh, that's the one I'm going to It's funny, actually. I was, I was reading that the same as, as you were, and it said number one ranked technology. Well, yeah, OK. Well, the number one ranked technology is the antivirus. Um, because if you actually go and look at their, um, you look at their ratings, the only things that are worse than them is Kapersky... Semantic, ESET, McAfee, and Microsoft Windows Defender. 
they're the only things that are worse than Bitdefender on the on the system ratings. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even Norton scores better. No, what rate, obviously, again, it probably depends on what ratings you look at. But I look well, at... that's the International Security Association, or whatever it is, the one that does all the comparisons between all the products. Mm. Well, here you go, product comparison. But anyway, uh, look, I'm going to give that a shot. I looked at your AVGs and I looked at your Avast, and I look, I was nearly going to install Avast. I thought that looked pretty good. and uh, But I did settle with Bitdefender, I don't know why. Maybe it was a. I have to admit, Avast know. is definitely better than AVG these days. AVG seems to be very bloated. Um, a couple of years ago, AVG was fantastic, but I think Avast has. has all the time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Avast has superseded it a bit now. And Bitdefender also for Android. So there you go. You can also put on. Yeah, I must have an Android thing now. And it's probably not a stupid idea if you're somebody who does a lot of downloading and stuff on your phone or gets a lot of random texts from customers or clients or whatever. It's probably not a bad idea to actually install it on your phone. Yeah. Now, hang on. I, I saw an interview with Eric Schmidt during the week, and he said in the interview that Android is ten, you know, way, way much more secure than iOS. Yeah. Oh. Uh, What's the point? That's well, like saying a Mac's more secure than a PC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you well, still need a virus scanner. Mm. Oh, <laughs> it's look, irrelevant. You still need it. Look, my young fella's got a, a, a uh, Android tablet, and, yeah, it was playing up slow, Shutting down, blah blah blah, and I put on the. Uh, there's a free AVG scanner, and it found yep. like six hundred thousand threats. So I, I got rid of them all, and yeah. it's packed it's good. It's really good. You, so, you yeah. do have to be a little bit careful with some of those because it sees threats as things that access your device. So something that accesses your phone book or your messages or your data usage can be falsely detected as a threat, even though. So when it actually detects it, it's a good idea to scroll through your list and just see, oh, that's my phone app that needs access to my contacts. You know, So just go through and check sometimes, make sure you don't get a false positive because the last thing you want to do is deny the phone app access to your phone book and your yeah. GSM. Yes. <laughs> what's, what's the uh, tablet it's got? Uh, it's a, an Acer something. Does it run Jelly Bean? So, it's an older one now, isn't it? It is an older one. I'm not sure what's on it, actually, to be honest. I've never really looked. In Jelly Bean, they introduced Trim, which is a technology mm. that should be on all uh, SSD or flash devices that um, helps clean up and make things go a lot faster. Because, okay. Um, what, what happens is with the flash, um, whenever you've had files on there that's been written and then you uninstall it, it doesn't actually uninstall, which is the same as any drive or any application. They never actually wipe anything off. It just tells the computer that you can now write over the top of it. And the reason that it slows down with things like Flash is because it's slow to erase. So what, mm. what happens on the older devices that don't have trim built into them, which only came out after Jelly Bean, uh, and happened on the old Asus tablets from Google, which a lot of people were complaining about after a year it was getting slow, is that when it goes to overwrite those uh, sectors that it's used before, it has to first clear it, then write to it, and that process slows it down. So what the trim does is it waits until the device is a bit idle and you're not using it, and then it goes off and starts writing, uh, clearing out that memory that was previously written to, if it's already been marked as freed up. Okay. Mm, interesting. So with, with Jelly Bean, you'll find that would be a lot already... faster. So you'll probably find that some of these... Um, speed up programs or even the antiviruses will do a trim for you which mm. you could just sit there and if you had a it's probably trim applications you could get from the mm. store 
and just run that oh. and not use the device for like five, 10 minutes while it says, I'm doing something, doing and something. it goes, now your device should be faster, and it will because it's doing what this trim does. But uh, when you've got that jelly down. bean that's got the trim, it'll just do it like midnight when you're not using the device, or oh, yeah. if you've just turned it yeah. off for five minutes and you're busy doing something on your phone instead, it'll go through and start zeroing out these uh, bytes. I mean, it's roughly equivalent to the old defrag back in DOS and Windows 3.1 when defrag had a purpose. And you would yeah. notice if you hadn't defragged your computer for a few months, you'd defrag it and it was so much faster. Mm. Um, it's a similar sort of principle where it lines everything up and tells stuff what it can and can't use and where it yeah, shouldn't, right. shouldn't go. So, All right. Uh, yeah. Well, that's uh, anyway, so Bitdefender would be my, I don't know, my choice at the moment. I'm giving it a run. Pick of the week. <laughs> see how it's going. I don't know the pick of the week. I'm just giving it a run. See how, see how it fits, if you know what I mean. Uh, look, while we're talking about Microsoft, just probably a couple of little quickies. Hopefully quickies. Uh, the new Surface 2, close to sellout. <laughs> I think this is a bit of oh, a... Um, this is a bit of a wild claim, I think. I, uh, I don't know. I think this makes them look a bit cheap. That's uh, my I have view. have to remember the, the Surface 2 is what used to be called Surface RT. Everyone mm. got confused, so they called that one Surface 2, and the oh, Pro is still geez. the Pro. So that's like the full Windows 8.14... Yeah tablets which is not the same as 8.1 for your computer which is not the same as rt which is now two and i won't go any further because people they did well basically <laughs> so yeah so the, the, the idea is they can't make a good product so they confuse everybody to thinking that they're making one good product instead of seven bad ones yes you've got four different windows now you've got the rt windows you've got the pro windows you've got the windows for phone and you've got the um windows that goes on your pc and they're also trying to get the Xbox to run a similar um, kernel of Windows as well. So you're going to have like five different versions of Windows essentially. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't suppose that it doesn't matter to me if there's a thousand different types of Windows. As long as they all talk to each other. Like, well, the problem is it confuses Bob because he goes out and goes, "Well, I'll get the uh, Microsoft uh, Surface 2. That's the cheaper mm. version. It's got Windows 8.1 on it." Yeah. So uh, I, I bought. Um, you know, Microsoft Office for my computer. I'll just install it on the laptop because on the um, Surface because it's got 8.1 as well. He purposely went out and bought a three a license pack. 8.1. Mm, that's yeah. right. I got a different one. It won't, won't run. So anyway, Microsoft tweeted that uh, uh, they claimed that they were running out and trying to hurry developers up. I mean, I'll try and get that tweet. I can't actually read. Can someone read that? For me, it's just yep. a bit small on my Surface screen. Surface 2 and Surface Pro 2 are close to selling out. All those buyers are going to need apps. Your move, developer.microsoft.com. Yeah. So basically, they can't be bothered making their own apps. They want other people to do it. They will <laughs> pay you to do it. Lots of cool cash. Lots and lots and lots of nothing. Yeah, I just think that that's a bit, um, I don't know, oh, a bit cheap. I, I'd call we'll that give you a commission on nothing you sell. <laughs> All right. Uh, will, have you got anything? You got an Android story? I would yeah, probably I bet, bet here. on. Um, <laughs> hey, I would put money on that you've got an Android story. <laughs> I actually only have one Android story. Well, one interesting Android story. Um, Samsung launches the world's first curved smartphone. Um, Sweet. Samsung just announced the Galaxy Round. Basically, it um, it looks like a Galaxy Note in the in the photo or an S four in the photo. Um, but effectively, the screen's curved. They have been working on flexible screens for quite a while. Uh, according to the company, the curved design allows users to access features of the phone even when the screen's turned off. So, for example, you've got like a roll effect. So um, you can play music, for example, 
and you just squeeze one side of the phone or the other side of the phone to skip forward <laughs> and back. Wow. Because of the phone's flexed or curved, it has a certain amount of flex and it can detect you know, is which it, side of the phone you're pushing on. Is it a concave um, or a convex? You when you're feeling a bit sad. <laughs> it's uh, bend concave. It, bend it down like that. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to hold. Like, I'm not sure how that'll work, but it, uh, it's a 5.7-inch Super AMOLED screen, um, runs Android 4.3, 2.3 gig quad-core processor, and available in 32 or 64. Uh, at the moment, it's only available for sales in Korea. And will reportedly be available in Lucky Brown with other colours to follow. Oh, poo um, brown. <laughs> I thought, I thought uh, champagne gold was the luxury colour these days. <laughs> That's right. Get with but, it. Uh, Come on, guys. Oh, jeez. It, it's interesting um, the way, I don't know, it'd be weird using a, a curved screen. I, and I know, like, it's great for their way they're, they're doing, you know, what you can do with it to squeeze it and whatever, but... Yeah, I'm not it's sure gonna how. It's going to be another Samsung over-featured device that's going to chew, chew up all your RAM fortune. and CPU with all the stuff. Like, if you stop looking at the screen, the video is going to stop. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Well, that's I mean, all right, isn't it? Yeah, but all that stuff you can turn on and off. Mm. I mean, you know, I've got the Note 2 now, which I guess in the scheme of things is becoming an old phone. But um, it's, you know, it's basically the same specs as that phone they're bringing out now. So I don't, not too worried about it. Although I did manage to drop it the other day, and the biggest problem with it is the entire front is glass. There's no bezel, kind of oh, like the iPhone. Nasty. And, um, yeah, it look. fell from... I, I, I did two things in a row. I never put it in my pocket with the glass facing out. The glass is oh, always against my leg. Did it crack? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at it. I just saw it went, ooh, nasty. <laughs> um, oh, so, yeah. insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. I do. actually, that's a thought. I never thought about that. Um <laughs> Yeah, I forgot about that covers mobile accessories. Um, I, yeah, I always leave it in my pocket with that, the screen against my leg. So if it hits, it only hits the back. For the first time ever, I had it the other way around and I walked into the corner of the bench at work. So I put the crack up here and then that afternoon, I went to jump in the car and it was in my top pocket and I bumped it. And I've gone to catch it, as you do, which is, of course, flicked it up onto the roof and it's bounced off the roof, onto the bonnet, <laughs> hit the bull bar, then hit the road. Oh, no. And it still goes, ladies and oh, gentlemen. It works It, it works the power fine. power of like... Android. You can't stop it. <laughs> it works fine. It like it's said, just... I'm sorry, I can't let you do that, Dave. How much it's is... actually that bad. There's actually bits of glass have come out. Like, there's actually holes in the glass case. How much does it cost you to fix that up? The screen... The glass screen is seven dollars. And how much to put it in? Um, about fifteen minutes. Yeah, but how much? Dollars. The screens are really easy to change. The oh. digitizers, not so much. But the screens are really. What are you going to do it yourself? It's, yeah, you nice. get the kit on eBay for seven bucks. Oh, Comes right. with all the little tools and everything you need. Yeah, right. Video on YouTube. I've already done that. Yeah. Oh, we'll put your own uh, video up, Will. But, but what I was about, yeah, it's actually not a stupid idea. Mm-hmm. But what I was about to say is this curved one, um, that should be interesting in terms of durability. I mean, is it still a glass screen or have they changed, you know, like they don't say what the actual, the actual protection is on the screen? Probably not. Um, well, that's what I was thinking. And to if be honest, what anyway, if it's a curve like that, then it's not going to land flat on the screen. It's going to land with the edges, isn't it? 
Yeah, and if the if you've got a rubber case on it, um, you'd probably almost never break the screen. So remember, so, people, stick a rubber on it for protection. That's it. <laughs> you can and never don't... go wrong. You don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um, now, <laughs> is that, is, have you got any more phone stories? Because I've got a, an Apple phone story. Um, I've got no, yeah. not really. I've got. Uh, I yesterday. Yes. Well, this is this is further too. Well, you see, I actually thought of that uh, today when I was uh, looking through stories, and I thought, you know what, I can't, I can't disregard the Apple stories because some people might not. Well, I've got no idea why, but some people might not listen to the Aussie Mac Zone. So, you know, and for those of you who haven't heard it... In case you didn't know... That's right. ...the show called the Aussie Max Zone. (laughs) AussieMaxZone.com.au. It's also available on iTunes, video and audio. And also on the AussieTechRadio.com. AussieTechRadio. And everyone knows how to spell Aussie. I don't think we spell it O-Z-Z-I-E, do we? That's the name of a bird. That's A-U-S-S-I-E, Tech. T-E-C-H, radio.com. Now, that you can find little shows on there like, uh, well, the Max Zone. You get our show here, Aussie Tech Eds. There's two guys talking tech. There's your tech life. There's Geeksphere TV, techwebcast.info. They're all there. They're all there. They're all, they run 24-7. New shows every Friday. So aussietechradio.com. Get your shoutcast set up and, uh, yeah, stream that through some, I don't know, Airplays or wherever you're streaming it through, Bluetooth streams and all that sort of stuff. It's good. I do it in the car. It's great. Chromecast. A great shoutcast. Who? Shoutcast. Google Chromecast. Google Chromecast. Yes, for sure, for sure. Now, my Apple story. Uh, I've got a couple, uh, but more in-depth ones and more popular ones will be uh, Tuesday nights. Uh, well, in the Aussie Max zone. So Apple's gyrating thing doesn't work properly. It appears <laughs> that the gyroscope compass uh, and accelerometer in the phone are going uh, giving inaccurate readings when compared to the iPhone 4, 5, or Android phone. So this is the 5S. This is the, the razzle-dazzle. Uh, in, in a set of tests, uh, which Gizmodo confirmed, the iPhone 5S was out by several degrees when using the built-in level app, which had a flow-on effect when trying to play car racing game. Now, look, I've got a bit of a, a picture here. Now, sorry for the audio, guys, but uh, this is a picture of an iPhone with a, level, a spirit level on the top of it, the iPhone saying zero degrees, so level, and the spirit level is showing the bubble way, way to the left, nearly out of the window. So that's not too good. Uh, uh, iOS 7.0.3 out soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's, uh, there yeah, isn't... There. Yeah, but that's not a software thing. That's a hardware thing. Yeah, they're sort of yeah, arguing with it. calibrate their software to not display it like that. Yeah, but that's, yeah. that's a hack fix. <laughs> uh, visiting the it's Apple improvement. Now, the guy that wrote this story, uh, David Glantz, who was who wrote it for the conversation. Uh, links, all these links are in the show notes, by the way. If you ever want to follow the stories back to the source and uh, maybe get in contact with the people who who scrounge around to to unearth these stories, you can AussieTechHeads.com.au, uh, and if you go to the show notes, you'll find these little stories and the links to those stories. Uh, so this guy, David Glantz, who wrote for the conversation, visiting the Apple store in Perth, I confirmed that all the five S's I tested, so three chosen at random, displayed the problem incorrectly, measuring between two and four degrees incline on a level plane. Interestingly, the iPhone 5C also showed incorrect readings, but this was between one and two degrees. The iPhone 5C may share the same type of gyroscope as the iPhone 5S, but the reason for the difference between the two is unclear. Now, here is another little picture 
of Just two. Imagine this guy walking into an <laughs> Apple store with his spirit level. What are you guys? What are you doing in here with that? Yeah, I just got to check the uh, level of your. Uh, yeah, I'm from the maintenance department. It's a bit out by ten degrees. It's I'm, not acceptable due to Australian uh, technology standards. He start. He starts doing. You know the. He starts doing that. That Basil faulty. You know, I just just checking the walls. Checking the walls. <laughs> just checking the, the desks. <laughs> no worries. Back back to work. Oh, I'm just from maintenance. Good on you. There was something I read funny on a forum the other day where this guy was saying that uh, Apple didn't uh, let him into the store anymore because he took his um, scale in there to make sure that they the he, they all weighed the same amount and had the same electronics. <laughs> what? <laughs> what a knob. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, my yeah. God. So... So they would all would have weighed the same. Sure. Like, oh, you can't trust these Chinese. They might, you know, be 10 grams out because they left some electronics out or something. So I'd take my little digital scales in. I'd stick the device on there, make sure it weighs what it says on the Apple website because they always tell you how much everything weighs and what size it is. And what did he, if it, if it was, uh, like, overweight, what would he have put that down to? Like some spit <laughs> or something? <Yeah. laughs> Some Taiwanese slag? What? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. But um, he was the one who made the. Uh, <laughs> right. But uh, anyway, uh, look. Here's this picture. I want the second picture. I want to show you. Now this one depicts two phones, and now it looks like two iPhone fives side by side, uh, pushed up level by side by side okay so they're level side by side one shows two degrees and this is the compass setting i guess one shows two degrees and one showing 10 degrees so that's a fair bit to be out and they're pushed up flush against each other but anyway so look i think uh that's a bit of a problem i think but anyway they'll sort it i'm sure they'll sort it it's it's funny how it's funny how they uh, they say they're not going to bring NFC to the iPhone because you know they're worried about technology being right. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah they'll, they'll bung out this sort We've of got stuff. Got enough problems as it is. Are you oh, I know right? what, I know anything what, else in this thing? Yeah. I know what it's caused it. It's the copy and paste bug. That's what caused the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now look, I've got one more Apple store. Oh, maybe another one. But anyway, the, the big news for the well, Apple. At least one. <laughs> oh, only one more. Promise. Yeah, did you have one, Will? I got an Apple story. The problem is not having watched the Nectone yet. I don't know if you've done it. What did you? Well, it doesn't matter. It's a different show. For those few uh, <laughs> people who are not listening to the other show. Yeah, what is it, Will? But uh, basically, apparently, iOS seven has uh, some nifty hidden features, um, which apparently are hidden in iOS, but not in Android. But anyway, uh, apparently, you can turn your flashlight into a notifier, so it beeps and buzzes and the flashlight turns on when you get a uh, notification. So when it rings, you'll get a message or an email. Oh, yeah. Um, Good for deaf people. You can do that. You to... the, if that's an extension from the um, earlier iOS 6, you can uh, set the um, flash rates. So if I get a message from Will, it can go flash, 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 flash. Or if I get one yeah. from does a different sequence, so you can tell who sent a message. Yeah, right. Apparently, you just go to settings, general accessibility, and scroll down, tap the LED flash for alerts. Um, now, I'm just comparing these to Android because I know on Android how they work. Um, that's standard. Um, undelete your emails with a shake. Uh, so, accidentally delete email. Don't panic. Just shake your iPhone to bring back the option to undo it instead of just having a button that says undelete. 
Um, apparently, the clock actually moves because this is a this is a really big feature that that I had to closer look at. Apparently, if you take a closer look at your phone, you'll find the clock app moves. It's a red hand that counts the seconds, and the first and second hands point to the hour and minutes. Oh, for the icon. Apparently, yeah. Oh, really? Um, I didn't know where my phone is. Yeah. Calendar, calendar was the only one previously that would update. Hmm, nice. Yeah. Um, control your device with your head. It's a great feature with people with physical disabilities. Front-facing <laughs> camera detects the movements of your head. head Go to bang. settings, general accessibility, and set switch control to on. Add switches like left head movement equals home button press, things like that. So go, so, go around the street with it strapped to your head. Yeah, I want some music. <laughs> Yeah, I want to check my email. What are you looking at? <laughs> That's right. You don't want to go um, to one of those uh, heavy metal concerts. No. <laughs> Damn thing will be going off all night. <laughs> what are you looking at? Uh, and you can uh, close multiple apps at a time, apparently. You uh, hold the home button down to reveal your carousel of apps, and then you close three apps at a time by using three fingers and dragging the apps upward. Well, there you yeah, go. So it's too much effort for them to put a close all button there, apparently. So there you go. Hmm. All these features that are standard since the first version of Android have just become available to Apple. <laughs> now, just to say, you know, that you're paying money for innovation. Confuse people with the um, with the new update is that you would hold down a button and you expect to see the icons wiggling around in the, at, the, at the bottom of the screen, all the open ones, but it doesn't do that anymore. You have to. It shows you a preview, uh, apparently a live preview. So if you've got a video or something going, or a game or something, it'll actually still be going in the background in a mini preview like uh, Windows does. Now you like can Android swipe does. It, swipe it up to close it. Hmm. Sweet. I haven't got my phone here. I was, I'm was. i keen to try all those little tricks. I think that would be one of the things that Michael was talking about recently, that people bring the phone in, they go, it used to do this thing, but don't do it no more. What's wrong with this iOS 7 rubbish? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you do it this way now. Oh, thanks. So it do, it does week. the same thing on, on Android. There's, <coughs> excuse me, there's the, you probably can't see that very well, but basically that's your, your list of apps and then you just, you can scroll down through all the different, the apps or whatever and you can't really see that, but you can see there's live stuff on there from whatever the app's doing in the background. Mm. You're yeah. playing a game or watching a video. Like there's a YouTube video. So, you know. It... iOS goes horizontal, whereas you'll scroll up and down. It's the same thing on that yeah. one. You well, can... turn it that way, it goes horizontal. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, if you, if you are an Apple fanboy, you probably already know that uh, October 22nd, there's a press event to show off the latest additions to the iPad line. Uh, so, you know, if you get excited. All one of them. Yeah, if you, get excited, if you get excited about iPads. <laughs> Put that one in your calendar. The announcements are expected to include redesigned thinner iPad and Retina Display iPad Mini. Devices would likely uh, pack in the usual incremental improvements that mark each new generation of Apple devices, including better cameras and faster processors. It would not be unusual for the company to mix in some Mac news with the iPad announcements. The new Mac operating system, OS X Mavericks, was announced in June at the uh, Apple Worldwide Developers Conference in San Francisco. The final version of this operating system has already been gold-mastered and shipped off to the, to the developers, and uh, it is likely that it will be made available to the public soon after the press event. Other Mac news could include the latest MacBook Pro, MacBook, or Mac Mini updates and a release date for the new Mac Pro. Oh, that's that cylinder thing, isn't it? And what about the TV? Uh, nothing. Bubkus. <laughs> um, TV boxes though they usually get updated around the same time. Yeah, usually. I think that, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with that. 
but what's this thing about making things thinner? I mean, how thin do you want it? Like, as it is... Um, is it sliced bread or what? Well, I mean, you know, you drop it... Like, you've only got to just hold it slightly wrong and you can drop it now. Like, it's it's not difficult to to drop yeah, something that's so thin now. It's, a, it's re, you know, kind of irrelevant the physical external mm. dimension in terms of width and height because you can always find a way to come around it. But if you're going to make them this thin, at least put a vulcanized rubber backing on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something. I want to cut because... when I'm checking my emails, you know. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be able to cut your lunch with the device. Like, it's just ridiculous. Uh, also, big news through the week is, I suppose, Twitter files for their $1 billion IPO. Uh, Twitter has finally lodged paperwork with the SEC, which must be their securities commission or something over in the US, on Thursday, uh, worth about... Or, ask, or worth about $1.06 billion. Now, Goldman Sachs is the lead investor in the IPO. Other underwriters include Morgan Stanley, JP Morgan, BOFA, whatever that is. Is that a Bank of America? B of A, must be. Merrill Lynch, Dutch Bank Securities, Code Advisors, and Allen and Company. Is that like the, the chewy gum? I wonder. But anyway, uh, yeah, so Twitter looks like they're... they're... Didn't, that, didn't that help out a um, little American company called Twitter Audio and Video? Because they mm. had the uh, stock code TWTR and uh, a whole bunch of people went and bought shares. Right. Company, thinking it was Twitter had already gone to IPO, their stock went up 1,800%. Jeez. <laughs> And uh, sell, yeah, sell, the sell. Stock exchange went. Um, guys, that's actually TWTRQ. We put the Q on there so that Twitter could get TWTR because mm. uh, this company is actually closed down. <laughs> that's... So we're just clearing it out of the system. We we put a Q on the end so you wouldn't get confused, but you still did anyway. So oh dear, you'd have to be. You're, you're obviously not a very good investor, are you? Like you're obviously not you're not focusing on what's going on. <laughs> hey, attention. Can't be bothered reading a stock sheet. You want to know what to invest in? Follow Carl Icahn on the uh, Twitter. <laughs> the company took in, talking about profit and all this sort of stuff, uh, because it's it's pretty much well known. Twitter. How do they make money? Obviously through advertising, but uh, I don't know. I don't really seem to be getting ads. I don't know. I'm getting them anyway. Yeah, that's the whole idea. You're not supposed to know. The company took in $253 million in the six months before June 30, but accounted for a $69 million loss during the same period. The company has continued to post multi-million dollar losses since 2010. Jeez. How do they, how do they ask for a billion dollars if they're making losses? I suppose it's the future, isn't it? It's the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Twitter said that they've only got a, they've got a user base of only $215 million, just slightly uh, above ours. Whether they're real or not, and mm, all true, and people who've got auto tweet accounts for their blogs. Very if true. We had two hundred and fifteen million listeners. I wouldn't care if two hundred and fourteen million of them were bots. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't worry me in the slightest. True that. True that. Especially with some of those profile pictures, some of those bots have got. They're quite nice. exactly. Oh la la la. <laughs> bot bot. A bot yeah. bot bot. Uh, a hot bot. <laughs> really cute bot. <laughs> oh, a nice pair of pots. Now, uh, the uh, it, uh, yeah, 250 million users out of an estimated 2.4 billion internet users. Yeah, so there you go. So that's what they're looking at. They're trying to, uh, they're trying to, yeah, score some more users and flash their uh, their uh, their wares around. Now, I think 
Now, I, I don't know. I, I tried to I tried to look for this today when I was collecting notes, but I, I actually couldn't find it. But I did hear through the week that there must be there must be a couple of stock exchanges over there in America, and they've listed on the not as the, the not the most popular exchange. Does anyone hear about that? Oh, they've got their major, just, uh, their major one. Blowing it out me bum. Like their, their, um, whatever it's called, the one that does the... Like the New York Stock Exchange. FTSE and, yeah, yeah, the one that handles all the major international stuff and then they've got their, their other one. Yeah, so, yeah, so who knows? But anyway, I don't know why I brought that up. I didn't even know the answer, so yeah, there you go. Now, uh, um, New York Stock Exchange and the NASDAQ. Yes, yeah. so they 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 went on to the Nasdaq, I think, yeah. because that's that the pit, that's the only picture I could find. All right, now uh, Will or oh, Jace, did you have anything, Jace, or you're just you're just yeah, commenting? Um, Grays Online has been slapped with a record hundred sixty five thousand dollar fine by Australia's communications regulator after sending hundreds of thousands of emails that breached the Spam Act. Oh, what are they doing? The largest ever handed out in the 26th the regulator has issued outside of court since the Spam Act was legislated almost 10 years ago, December 12, 2003. In court, the largest penalty the regulator has ever received was $24.25 million, which was imposed on Scott Gregory Phillips along with several others in 2010 who established fake dating website profiles to obtain mobile numbers of genuine dating users. Uh-huh. Um ACMA investigated Gray's decision to treat an email campaign introducing its Gray's Escape website as not promotional was incorrect. So, Gray's yeah, Escape? 165000 bucks. Mm. Yeah, but how much did they make in the process? Billions and billions yeah. of dollars. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. You're right. Uh, yeah, yeah like Gray's. Have you ever bought anything? Anyone bought anything off Gray's online? Yeah. I used to use them quite a bit. Yeah. And you're it was like- good. I can actually, I've got a depot just up the road I can go and pick up from so I don't have to pay postage. But oh, that's all right. It's getting um, painful now. It's yeah. like eBay. I don't there's... For anything. You just buy it now from eBay and that's it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because there's a lot of the whole last minute sniping going on. And, mm. and I demand nice. it now. I don't want to wait and bid for seven days to see if I'm going to get it. Yeah. If I decide I want that... something, I go to eBay. Click buy it now, get it now, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But see, that was the thing with Grays when they first started. Um, if somebody bid on an item, it would send you an email and extend the bid time by an hour. So there was none of this undercutting at the last second thing, but they've dropped that now. So, yeah, I um, still do the same thing. You still do buy it now on Grays, but... You still yeah. get your $100 ex-government computer... Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, but the freight. See, it's okay for me because, as I said, I can go pick one up. But if you've got to pay freight on that stuff, it's ridiculous now. Mm. I think. Uh, um, I was looking at a laptop, uh, like a three-year-old Asus, and uh, it was just for a, a media system. And the laptop was, I don't know, ninety-nine dollars or something, and it was one hundred and forty-seven dollars freight, ready, you know, registered <laughs> freight. And I'm like, well, well, hang on, for a laptop. <laughs> Yeah, because it was um, insured and oh, registered. And... Yeah, but how much was the laptop worth? Oh, probably not even a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, but you got those. I think Fastaway couriers. They, uh, you, you send by them. I think they're insured up to a thousand bucks. And that's and you, yeah, I could send something to you. Yeah, Will. Fastways, Fastways Civic, and um, uh, for couriers, please. Yeah, I mean. You know, they locally, like from work, we can send out 
five batteries, I think, and down to their load limit within um, like 10 k's of the depot, and it's seven bucks. For five batteries? For five batteries. Whatever Gray's courier is. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem with Gray's. premium courier charges. Ding, ding. Yeah, Yeah, probably bloody TNT or something. Uh, Well, I bet you what it is, is they ship it from the warehouse wherever it's stored to their local warehouse and then check it to make sure it's still working and then they ship it again from the local warehouse to you. So, yeah. Mm. They, They follow the path of the internet. Now, now, have you speaking of deliveries and so forth? You would have probably have seen if you've been paying attention that your little Australia postman has got new scanners attached to his belt, and uh, and that no. now this is part of a seventy-one million dollar uh, upgrade or spend uh, on this new tracking service. So, the national. Uh, where what what's some info about these things? The implementation of the new tracking system is just one of an initiative. A num- is one tracking system is just one initiative of a number under the organisation's two billion four year future ready program. So I, I think the the benefit of these scanners is that they will actually track live the parcel live. So whereas before, I guess that the the parcel would be tracked when it was scanned in at each depot. And when dead. <laughs> sorry, okay. after they've jumped on it, dead, yeah. dead tracking instead of live tracking. Yeah, that's right. So now it's it's live tracking, as well as new features such as photographing a parcel to prove a delivery. So take a photo Wouldn't and then put it back on, on the bike. Or yeah, that's right. They put it on your doorstep, take a photo of it, and then throw it back in the truck. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's much better. <laughs> That's right. So customers will be that's able. My Christmas shopping done for the year. <laughs> I, don't, I do it in one. And that's round. what I hate about sometimes when you get stuff from eBay. They write on the outside of it what's in it. They don't yeah. say you know electrical or whatever. They will say you know four hundred dollar um, mobile phone. Yeah, you know iPhone iPhone 4S plus case plus accessories. Total value seven hundred and fifty dollars. I mean, mm. who does that? <laughs> and then leave it on your doorstep. <laughs> yeah. yeah look, look, I got something from eBay the other day, and I tell you, oh, the packaging was disgraceful. I'm going I'm to leave like mm. feedback to say, like, because it was, I, I bought some little uh, two and a half inch, you know, like the two and a half inch drive bays, so I can that put was, them into yeah. a, into a case, and it came in this like you know those cardboard sort of envelopes. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever seen those. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Chinese love those. Yeah, and like the screws and everything were just chucked in. And there was, <laughs> there's this little hole at the top, you know, where the flap... And, and I'm thinking, how yeah. many screws have I lost? Not that it really worries me because I've got heaps of screws anyway. But, like, I mean, it was just really, really poorly packed. And I think that yeah. actually came from Australia. I think this was actually... Really. Well, it probably did. Yeah. But it was probably drop-shipped, you'll find. It was probably express-posted and drop-shipped from the... Yeah, store. right. Yeah, well, I'm... But... I'm you're just worried that you got a few screws loose. Well, yes. <laughs> Nothing new there. No. no, we have the same thing. Son bought a little USB fan for her work to just sit off on top of her case, and it's brand new, it's supposed to be. I opened the the uh, hard paper bag thing that come in, and pretty much all the paint was either missing or scratched. Oh dear. I mean, the thing worked fine, you know, and whatever, but it's like it was really, literally really drop tips. Yeah, dropships. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Lives up to its name. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand why I ordered. I ordered two. I ordered some HID spotlights and some HID lights for my car the other day. Oh, a few weeks ago, 
the HLE spot, and they're both ordered from the same province. I, I double-checked it when I got the parcels, and it had the same Chinese province on both parcels. One turned up mm, five days later. One turned up six weeks later. Mm. Now, they came from, like, the factory next door to each other. <laughs> yeah. how, how does that work? Like, what's that about? Yeah, Australian Post getting dodgy lately. Dad sent me a USB oh, key with Post. some stuff on it three weeks, uh, four weeks ago now. And um, after three weeks, he'd come down here for a visit and brought another one with the same information on it. And then a week later, the package arrived. Oh, dear. It's within, it's within New South Wales. It's like 350 kilometers away. Must have lost. Three weeks. Yeah. You try and send something across Brisbane. It doesn't happen. We, we had parcels come from um, friend up north side. They sent it to the post office. The post office not even trying to deliver it, said the address is invalid and sent it back to their post office who didn't bother to actually tell them that it had been sent back to their post office. So then we got a letter from their post office saying that the letter that was shipped to us that was returned back to them is going to be sent back to the owner unless we go and pick it up. So we drove up to the post office, which was like two streets away from their place, to mm. go and pick up this parcel. Yeah, that's hopeless. <laughs> that's, that is hopeless. But I suppose they'd probably just get in the bottom of a bag or something, you know, and then just chucked around for a couple of no, weeks. It's and... useless. So, and they, all they do is keep putting their prices up and their customer service gets worse. And that's why nobody uses them. Mm. You can't stand in a queue in a post office for 74 hours, you know, just to post the letter. It's ridiculous. Mm. They've got over here now at Rabina, I've seen them probably around the joint. They've got uh, the... the uh, uh, self-service, like yeah, Woolies. lockers. In Sydney now, yeah. yeah. You just uh, pick up your envelope off the shelf, write your details on it, stick your letter in there, and then go bleep like at uh, Woolies. Oh, cool. uh, yeah. Woolies or Big W or whatever. Yeah, at, at no, weighs it. Yeah, weighs it and then prints out the sticker. You stick it on it and chuck it in the underneath it, and away you go. They are introducing up here um, lockers, so if you're not home when they deliver it, they'll just leave a swipe card. And then you go down to your local post office and swipe it to get your parcel out. With everyone else's parcels? That's awesome idea. No, no, no. Every person gets a locker. Because what was happening is obviously their deliveries are only during business hours and everybody's at work during business hours. Mm. So mm. unless you get up at 6 o'clock in the morning to go to the post office, um, you basically can never get the thing unless you get it re-delivered to work or something. So they've come up with this idea that yeah. they have the lockers and then they... Well, I mean, probably not. I mean, if you deliver a 1,000 parcels, there's probably only... 20 or 30 that didn't get delivered. Maybe. You know, I had so. the same thing happen, you know, last year. A friend sent a USB drive from Perth and he sent it to my house and um, they just left a card there saying, we came to deliver this, you weren't here. So I rang them up the next day and said, oh, you can just drop it off. And they said, no, well, uh, they didn't tick the box that said require signature. Um, mm. so but they didn't tick the box have, that said they could they didn't leave say it. That t- tick the box that didn't say doesn't require signature. <laughs> yeah. So we assume we have to assume that it does require signature. I'm like, just leave it on the front. It's mm. like worth two bucks. I don't care if it gets stolen. Just leave it there. No, no, no. A company won't let us. All right. Deliver it to my work in the city at this address. And yeah, I just get be done with it. <laughs> yeah, I get everything delivered to work now too, but it's just ridiculous. Now, uh, Johnny Ive's been pretty busy. Moving on, he's uh, he's designed a camera. Now I know I'm not going to pronounce this right, but it's a leash. Ica. What is it? Sorry, Leica. 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 And yeah. uh, 
Yeah. Like a glove? Uh, yeah, well, I don't like it too much, but it's a L-E-I-C-A camera. Now, uh, Red. Uh, Jonathan Light designs the Leica camera for the Red charity, whatever that is. It's, ex- oh, yeah. it's expect- oh, one that we were talking about a few weeks ago that goes to um, fighting malaria and those kind of things. That's the one? Yeah. So it's it, supposed to fetch around uh, 500000 to $750,000. The special edition Leica M camera features anodized aluminium case, tens of thousands of individual perforations. The camera took 85 days and more than 735 hours to manufacture. During that time, more than 550 models and 1,000 prototype parts were made and tested. 55 engineers worked on the process. My goodness. The Red Charity, founded by U2's Bono, will host the auction in New York on November 23rd. Oh, what an auspicious day. I'll give it 10 bucks. Yeah, all proceeds will go to the blah, 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 the charity. Uh, other auctions, other items to be auctioned include a grand piano picked by the two designers, gold Apple earbuds and a cosmonaut suit. Well, I'm in for the cosmonaut suit. Does it have suit. any specs on the camera? Uh, it it did. If you go to the show note, the actual story, it would have. I didn't put, it did. The story did have specs on the camera, but I didn't pull them out because I thought, how boring. So the only the only important part you didn't bother to actually look at, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, look, just a couple of quick ones to finish off because I know you guys probably might have some more as well. But uh, Adobe's been hacked. Adobe's confirmed two point nine million customers have mm. had private information stolen during a sophisticated cyber attack. Sorry, all I good. Got my email, please reset yep. your password. Yep. So uh, reset your password. Uh, you'll be asked to via email anyway. The attackers accessed encrypted customer passwords and payment card numbers, the company said, but it does not believe decrypted debit or credit card data was removed. So that's nasty. Uh, who? Source code. Source code for all their Adobe products. Oh, well, there you go. They can now compile their own Adobe Reader. And I would be really amused because it may mean that because they're the ones who hack these kind of products, they would know where all security holes are. So just wait for the new Pirate Bay a reader for PDF <laughs> files. It'll be more secure than the one from Adobe, which gets an update every second damn day saying, oh, we found another hole. Oh, we found another hole. Yeah, now, if the hackers three are the ones they get who one compile update. it, mm. they'll know where all the holes are that they're looking for, and they could release a bit of it. And for once, they won't get That's a takedown notice because it actually it's a different product because the Pirate one works. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's not Adobe will change all their code. There might it's be a good not 400 megs in size. To That's right. It's a different yeah. product. It's a different. It's, it's like Foxit Reader. It's about 7k. Yeah. <laughs> I install Foxit on everything. It's awesome. Yeah, so do I. And uh, if you want to you make them cute, cute PDF Sorry. to make them. Yeah. You're I was just um, looking up this um, camera, and nowhere does it say anything about the specifications. Yeah, yeah, all I can see is it's got a 50mm f2 lens. Mm. Which is nothing, you know, like useless. So Maybe it's just there to look good. Yeah. I'm sure that had... Did you go? Did you link off the show notes? Yeah, I'm actually on the, on the Leica website. Aluminium body, same as the um, Mac stuff. More than 21,000 hemispheres create new and extraordinary aesthetic. Oh, a total of 500... Oh, we did the models. Yeah, no, I'm on their website and it doesn't say anything about it. Hmm. Interesting. All right, did you have any more stories, Warlock? Yeah, uh, Microsoft is paying a well-known British hacking expert more than $100,000 for finding security holes in its software, one of the largest bounties awarded to date by a tech company. The company also released a much-anticipated update to Internet Explorer, probably unrelated, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which it said fixes a bug that made users of browser 
vulnerable to remote attack. And if it's the one that I heard recently, there's actually a DLL file in your browser that um, a hacker can inject code into your machine if he's on the same network. For example, college campus Wi-Fi mm -hmm. network or a cafe, he can uh, inject this um, code directly into your machine because of the DLL that your computer is running. And then he can browse as you to any sites that you're currently using or have used before. So if you tick a box that says, please remember me, it makes a cookie on his machine. And he can now access that site, say Facebook, for example, wow. and start posting and receiving, reading your emails and stuff. And you wouldn't even know that he's doing it because on your computer, you don't see anything. But on his side, mm. he can uh, access all of your stuff using his browser. You won't get the browser history with all of this information. You mm. go to your bank, check your bank account. In the background, he siphons off a few extra bucks into account somewhere else. So I expect that's the vulnerability that they're trying to fix up there. So I wonder how they grade the, you know, the, the vulnerabilities. You know, like to be paid 100000 do you have to demonstrate that it's a, you know, so zero to ten? Yeah, like how dangerous and yeah. how... Well, I... there's a lot, of, a lot of them, you know, that say you have to go, we have to get them to go to this website via a phishing email or something right. like that. Then you click on this link, then you download it and... Uh, with UAC these days, you know, probably pop up and saying, are you sure you want to install this? And you go, yeah, whatever, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Computer's always asking damn questions. Yes, 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 and then you've mm. been hacked. But things like this one where the guy can just be on the same network and take over your browsing sessions is going to be a lot more dangerous than something like that. Mm. So that's nasty. Um, did you have any more? That was a good that's one. It for me. That's it for you? <clears throat> William? I've got one. Yes, William. If you go, you want to bring up a screenshot if you wish, you can go to mokeinternational.com and you'll find there that after a 20-year hiatus, Moke has teamed up with Chinese production car company Cherry. This is the mini uh, Moke. And they're re-releasing the Moke. Sweet. Um, yeah, and basically to look at it, it looks like the original Moke. They've, they've done a few little things, obviously, disc brakes and things that are required for, you know, modern... modern um, you know, requirements or whatever, but mm. basically it's, it's no doors, no roof, you know, it's basically the same car as it was, you know, 40 years ago when it first came out and um, they're limited runs, they're only doing a thousand a year, um, so that, there's no mention of price anywhere, but I suppose if you're that keen, you wouldn't really care about price. Um, the uh, it's got new engine, obviously, improved safety components, modern braking system. It's available in automatic or manual. It's fully rust-proofed. Um, due for release mid, so basically any time from now, pretty much. Um, they're what also releasing an electric... Was it designed aesthetically by Johnny Ive? Hey? Was it designed aesthetically by Johnny No. <laughs> <laughs> they're also releasing the, the Emoke. Pi the pictures which, were taken uh, by the Leica. Yeah. Yeah, what's the Emoke? Um, the Emoke is basically an electric version. It's the same oh, same vehicle, effectively, with an electric motor and batteries. Uh, it will basically do... Um, uh, where did I just see it? It has a range of uh, 120 k's and a top speed of 60 kilometers an hour. So, basically, if you're cruising around the beach all day, it'll be perfect for that. Um, but, yeah, I mean... There's, you know, like there, there is actually a brochure you can download. You can go through and read it. It gives you a bit more, a bit more specs about it. Um, but they, for all intensive purposes, they've they've kept it the same. I I doubt it's um, 
I'd be curious to see what it's actually made of. They don't say what the body is. Uh, mm. Here we go. New model is uh, front wheel drive. Uh, what engine is it? It is. Well, let's have a look at the dash. Uh, top speed, 110 kilometers an hour. <laughs> um, which I don't know if you'd want to do that in a convertible moke, to be honest. Oh, I hope that's a Bluetooth um, radio. One year, 15,000K warranty. Um, oh, sorry, 150,000K warranty or five-year body corrosion warranty. Um, you know, so it's interesting. 30-litre fuel tank. <laughs> um, one, one thing that is pretty neat. Oh, there we go. It's a 993. Oh, great. Who uses milliliters? So it's a it's what 1.5 liter roughly. Um, it's when you want to make it sound bigger. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one thing that is pretty cool is in the boot they actually have a powered cooler, so like an es- a powered esky in the boot, so you can keep your drinks and and beer cold and whatever in the, in the boot of it. Drink and drive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, hey, that it says so and everything. So that just it's takes available you- in. That takes your 120k distance down to 2k if you use the Esky. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, so it's just it a quick trip to orange, the shops. White, blue, yellow, red, and a really bad green. Um, I'm not nice. sure what that what that green is, but uh, yeah. So 30 liter fuel tank should be, mm. be fun. I mean, but I mean, it's like the original Moke. It was only the same size too. You know, you'd drive it to work and back all week on on a tank of fuel. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah, the mugs so, are pretty good. Can you, you imagine cruising down the Pacific Highway on <laughs> Yeah, it'd be pretty... Oh, it'd be cool. Yeah, you probably, it'd be great. Did it have, I'd love to see a price. I can't find a price. Did it have roof racks? No, no. it's soft top. It's got the roll cage, yeah. the roll bar. You could probably thing, pin yeah. your surfboard to the top. Oh, yeah, you could yeah. strap it. That's what it'd be there for. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> That's what you used to do. Sweet. Uh, all right, have you got any more, Will? Pricing can be announced soon. Pricing yeah, soon. Yeah, I know, it's... I just want it to be sooner. Um, an interesting statistic um, on the latest internet internet activity there from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Um, basically, the vast majority of internet users have internet speeds below um, 24 megabit a second on download. Yes. So... Almost six million subscribers have download speeds from eight to from eight to twenty four. But that's um, pretty much logical because most there's most people on ADSL two. Yeah, and four million people get one and a half to less than eight meg, cool. and one point only one point seven mil gets twenty four meg and over. Yeah, um, yeah. Mr. Rabbit said that four G is going to fix it all, so don't worry about it. Yeah, because he'd know. The, <laughs> the number of subscribers with 24 meg or faster has gone up from just under 1.5 million, reaching over 1.6. That's so gone up 100,000 in 12 months. Uh, 14% of ISP customers access the internet at such speeds compared to just 7% in 2010. But the volume of data has shot up. Fixed line and wireless customers pulled down 414 terabytes in three months, whereas um, June or this time last year, in three oh. Hey, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, yeah, there we go. From in three months to June, so April, May, June last year, wow. they pulled down 414 terabytes, and just in June this year, 650 terabytes. Yeah, wow. Um, 
So, but you know, like uh, wireless probably... customers accounted for an eight percent increase to twenty-seven terabytes just on mm. wireless. But you know, like you've so... got all these things coming. You know, you got your Foxtel on T box, you got your Foxtel on Xbox, you got you know T box movies and all this sort of stuff, and just on the go. The Foxtel on the go, that's right. So, of course, there's more data coming down, and it doesn't surprise me that there's heaps more flying around the joint. But, uh, look, little good little story about Telstra. I was, I, I was encroaching earlier this week on my uh, bandwidth limit, again, uh, of 200 gig, and uh, I noticed that I looked at the usage calculator and I went, you know, there's no, the, the, the T-box doesn't show up as unmetered there. And I'm thinking, right, I'm going to ring him because I know I'm going to run out. And, I, you know, I want me, want me little 10 gig back for the space to be unmetered. So I ring him up and sweet as. I got shaped. I ring him up. I say, oh, listen, I don't think the metered usage is right. You know, blah, blah, blah. She goes, yeah, no worries. When's your change over date? I went, tomorrow, Friday. And, and she goes, no worries. We'll just unshape you. Cool. So I don't know. I said, well, how many gigs do I get unshaped? And she goes, oh, you'll just be unshaped until you roll over. And so I went, all right, cool. So uh, luckily, <laughs> no, I, oh, I didn't abuse it because I, if I need it again, that's that's good. I was I was so happy with that because you know, like I think most of what happened this month, I think, was I tidied up all my Dropbox and and photos and stuff, and I just I, I had I had um, yeah photos up in Dropbox duplicated, blah blah blah. It was just a mess. So I fixed and all those Linux ISOs and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I don't have any of those, and and um. And uh, what else was I doing? Oh, that's right. I had all my videos. I pulled off the camera into the server, which then uploads to the cloud as a backup. And yeah, that was just pumping along. So that's that's. But anyway, hopefully See, next month I'll be. My uploads don't get metered. Yeah, that's lucky, isn't it? That's because my downloads. Do. That's because they go at two um, K a second. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, so just to finish this story off, basically Australia has a population of about twenty-two million. Um, the in, in Australia, um, we have about 12.4 million internet subscribers. So half our population basically has access to internet or internet users. So half our population uses the internet. Um, oh, it'd be more than that. With, no. Has to be. Nope. Nope. Would be. There's only actually 9.7 million connections in household and the other two and a half million's business. Um, yeah, but, but they, they average it out. If you've got a household, what's the average household? I've got three, three, two and a half, three people in it. Well, yeah, but that's what they're saying. There's 9.7 million households, but there's right. only 12.4 million people using the internet. But how, are they know, um, how do they know how many people in my house use the internet? I don't know. You probably <laughs> asked that on the last census. <laughs> probably. Because <laughs> nobody ever lies on those. But, um, Especially those Jedi. So the Jedi Knights religion. That's, that's it. Um, so basically... Uh, copper delivered digital subscriber, so DSL, is the most common access with 4.8 million subscribers. Cable is the second most common with 934,000 customers. Fiber optic has more than doubled since June 2012 with 115,000 subscribers. Um, and just 2 and 2% of all ISP subscribers, or 227,000, are still on dial-up. Oh, <laughs> I hate one of my friends. They're buying a house in the new uh, residential area that's already ended up. Oh, really? No, dial up. A bit rude. Yeah, that makes sense. Someone doesn't like no, what we're talking about. They're, they're throttling somebody. They're, I think Warlock's internet's going crazy. 
<laughs> you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Evans Head has ADSL 1 mm, just, um, but they're given a dial-up backup service because the internet's so flaky on ADSL that they're actually given a free uh, dial-up backup. <laughs> Unlimited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What can you get on yeah, dial-up? Unlimited, three pictures a year. Download yeah. all the gifts you can. <laughs> I think you can get about 13 meg an hour, can't you? I think that's what I remember um, doing. No, well, if, if you get pure peak, but I think we used to get a, because our um, connection at school used to kick out after an hour, and we could download Quake in 1.4 meg blocks to fit on a floppy. Oh, jeez. Yeah, the, the floppy, you'd get about a floppy an hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, the, the last story of the night of the week is the best story of the last 50 years. Because, <laughs> and, and you're born. No, that's that's that is the best story. This is the second best, the second best story, <laughs> the last fifty years, <laughs> is oh that's right. You know the uh, Doctor Who lost episodes. The rumours they look like they've but they they could be coming to fruition and they could be true. BBC News uh, have jumped on it. Now, I didn't want to get too excited until I saw something from the actual BBC site. But uh, yes, the BBC News has jumped on this, uh, have confirmed that a that currently unspecified number of previously assumed missing Doctor Who episodes have now been returned to the BBC. Now, if you don't know, back in the 60s and 70s, the BBC showed the shows, sold them overseas or whatever. And they said, you know... These things are now worthless. Get them out of the warehouse. They just junked them. They burnt them. They just they they moved them. A lot them of on. the time, the tapes were reused because it was cheaper to reuse them than to store them. That's right. And they're mostly uh, mostly the first and second Doctor back in the sixties, because from the third Doctor, pretty much well every episode exists, and now pretty much it's all in co- they all exist in color as well. Because there was for a time they only exist in black and white from the third Doctor on. But anyway, but the first and second, they're all uh, most of them are missing. So hopefully there's going to be announcements uh, Friday. Australian time on just exactly what episodes have been returned, apparently found in a, uh, I don't know, a television centre crypt in Ethiopia, of all places. Now, the official <laughs> Deborah Watling website reports, she was a companion in the 60s uh, with Fraser Hines, he was also a companion, will be helping the BBC to launch the newly found Doctor Who episodes uh, Thursday, 10th of the 10th, between 3.30 and 7pm, and that is the UK time. So, uh, look, there's a lot of stories there. So hopefully they all come back to uh, back home so we can all watch them. But, geez, I'll tell you, if they punch them on YouTube is what the rumours are going to be. Geez, they're going to get smashed. They're going to make some money. Oh, I'll wait. Look, I'm too poor to... Too scungy to, <laughs> to buy them off you. I might buy one. depends what it is. If there's an interesting ones. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so that's good news. Good news. I can't wait for tomorrow to see what what actually happens because after, oh, what what is it? Well, it's been at least 40 years since these shows have been seen. So after... Four- I mean, the scripts existed, didn't they? It just wasn't the... the yeah. So they know what happened. Like, oh, there's yes. no gaps in the storyline. And funnily enough, audio exists of all these yeah. episodes. I actually remember hearing that. Yeah, and because... Yeah, I've, I've seen uh, some of them where they've just got still photos from mm. the episodes mm. so they'll have a still on there for a couple of minutes with people talking where they're actually acting moving in and out of the shot and stuff like this you don't get to see that no it goes on to the next still that they've got and some of the reconstructions what they've as that's what they've called these ones they've that some of these reconstructions that they've managed to find clips from different shows like so so they might have had a show 
uh, another show on the network advertising that show so they'd play a clip, you know, like on the news or something mm. like that. Yeah. Then they've gone back to that show, which they've kept. They've taken that clip and they've bunged that into the reconstruction. A lot of, to- a lot of work's gone into these things. But uh, hopefully nothing will beat the actual, uh, the actual show. So let's hope that uh, all 106 have been returned. Oh, that's, that'd be so good news. I won't sleep tonight. All right. <laughs> well, I haven't seen these shows. Two episodes. We got two. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, like, I haven't seen these because they, they were all broadcast before I was born. So I haven't seen them. So it'd be like, oh, brand new episodes. Won't it? In black and white. Yeah. Can't wait. Like anyone's going to believe that. Mm, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, uh, don't forget the web hosting, athwebhosting.com.au. Don't forget the radio. Don't forget the paper, aussietechheads.com.au forward slash paper. And uh, whatever else we've got going, the aussiemaxzone.com.au. If, uh, iOS apps of the day, free ones for that day only on uh, facebook.com forward slash aussietechheads. And also Warlock puts in also little Android free apps of the day, the ones that he looks up and he says, oh, that's free today and that's a good one. I'll put that in. Little Warlock does. Good little boy. Picked up a couple of good ones from there. Yeah, I install most of the ones I do too. So you can find them on the, as I said, facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Eds uh, every, just about every single day. And I think that's about all. You can find us all on our Twitters, which have come up down below us there when uh, at the start of the show and, and infrequently, including the Only show. if you press the right button. That's right. Uh, and uh, <laughs> don't forget YouTube, watch the show recorded video on youtube.com com forward slash Aussie Tech Eds are off the webpage. Go in the front of the webpage, you can watch it, and also video and audio on iTunes. You can email us all, whoever we are, at aussietechheads.com.au and send us an email. Send us a video hello, a shout-out or whatever, and we'll, we'll stick it on. All right. We'll have, to, we'll have to get the Skype caller in his back. I haven't, haven't heard from them for a while. So we might uh, try and reopen that, I think. Hello, my mouse is not working. What do I do now? <laughs> Can no. you call us? Well, I moved the mouse. <laughs> yes, and accidentally. <laughs> I've got you. Oh, whoopee doo. All right. I used to like those ones when I was working in an ISP and you get an email saying, my email's not working. I was like, do I reply and go, yes, it is, or do I have to ring them up and go, I actually received that one that you sent me? <laughs> Oh, look, you get I a lot of... I just signed up yesterday. Where's my details? And we emailed them to you. What's my password? <laughs> oh, the look, there, there's some yeah, some crazy ones. Like, I think the, one of the craziest ones I have to deal with is you go and talk to some people, and you, you're on the phone when they ring you up, and you say to them, have you turned it off and on? Yes. Okay, okay. Well, you must have a virus or something. You know, it's all frozen. It's not doing nothing. So you get there. It's like this was a, this particular last one I did was a laptop. So you get over to their house and you go, oh, yeah, I can see it's frozen. That's no good. So you turn it off and you turn it on. It works perfect. And you yep. go, I thought you said you turned it off and on. Oh, we just closed the lid. That's off, isn't it? That does it. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> mm. I used to like somebody ring up, my account's not working. Can you just check? I'll be like, I'll just put it on hold. Okay, I activated his account. I forgot to do that. Bring it. Oh, try now. It's working. Yeah. Yeah, you know, Microsoft Windows <laughs> has always caused problems. Don't yeah. worry about it. It will be fine from now on, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. What's that uh, one on YouTube, the Computer Geek uh, Help Desk or something? The, uh, I haven't seen that. Uh, it, uh, it, there's still three of them. They've done them, and they it's basically the day in the life of a of a computer a really support. Good, um, web series called the bastard operator from hell and how he'd teach <laughs> treat his uh customers and stuff <laughs> ringing up sounds computer. like telstra yeah 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's get out of here. It's uh, way over time with my Doctor Who story. <laughs> I apologise. So, uh, time is irrelevant. <laughs> well, exactly. Lunchtime, so. That's right. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. We'll just go back and we'll fix that up. All right. So until <laughs> next week, uh, make sure you yeah subscribe. Do all that sort of stuff on iTunes. Leave us a review. Send us an email. Get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. So see you, Warlock. See you, Will. Yeah. And we'll yeah. see you guys next week. And I love the Wiggles too. Bye. Oh, and miss them. <laughs> Bye, Jeff. <laughs> Wake up, Jeff. Wake up. One, two, three. Wake up, <laughs> Jeff. Up, Jeff. <laughs> Hot potato, hot potato. Hot potato. Hot potato.